Good morning. Good morning and welcome. My name is Sarah Dieter. I'm a senior and this year's chapel assistant. When planning for chapels, we are seeking out new ways to look at faith on campus and hear from members of our college community. So this morning, we are redefining our campus ministry's theme, Serving Christ, through three different unique and uh, interesting lenses. What does serving Christ look like to a junior American Sign Language major, an informatics professor, and a senior theater major? Let me introduce our speakers to you. Sarah Lynn Murray will be speaking first. She's an American Sign Language interpreting major from Ohio. Sarah Lynn's favorite food is frozen pizza from Save-A-Lot. <laughs> she would also like to thank her parents for driving four hours to see her this morning. Our next speaker is Kent Palmer. Kent's an associate professor of informatics here. He has over 10 years of full-time voluntary service experience. He served briefly in Kentucky, in Kentucky and Chicago and longer periods of time in Oklahoma City and Americus, Georgia. Our final speaker this morning is Matt Lehman. Matt's a senior theater and Bible and religion major. In his spare time, Matt enjoys knitting, reading, roasting coffee, running, and watching The Bachelor with his housemates. Before we begin and continue with a few songs, I'd like to light this lamp as a reminder of Christ's light here in this place and within each of us. Please pray with me. Holy One, you gave us life and now we give our lives back to you. We present ourselves, our work and play, our joys and pains, our thoughts and actions, our gifts and resources to be used by you. Amen.
When I was nine years old, my family and I visited a community church. The guest speaker, John Nelson, was considered a prophet. And for some reason, our family of seven was singled out of all the others present. And before he shared the evening message, he approached us and began to foretell about each member. At the conclusion of the night, we were given a tape of the evening service. And these are some of the words John spoke over me. God is saying you have a great measure of willingness to serve and give, a ministry of hospitality, and you're going to find that God is going to send you some special ones in his eyes, and you'll have a great effect on their lives by serving their needs. All you need to do is receive from God and give to others of what you have, and it will be enough. I took my first class in sign language when I was about six years old. I continued to be interested in sign language and took a few casual classes from a family friend. When I was in eighth grade, my mom told me Goshen College had a new major, ASL interpreting. At that moment, I freaked out. I was so pumped, and I decided to declare my major and my college destination, EMU. <laughs> Just kidding, Goshen College. 
My parents both graduated from Goshen, and even my grandparents graduated from Goshen. It seemed like a perfect fit. I continued to pursue my interests in ASL, and my senior year of high school, I had the opportunity to visit a deaf school in Kenya, Africa. I entered the deaf school in a foreign country, and immediately we could communicate. That experience helped solidify my desire to secure a degree in ASL. After enrolling at Goshen, reality hit me. This was going to be a lot harder than I expected. I had to take all these gen eds, and not all of them compared to uh, wellness. I'm not very book smart, but if college was about effort, I would be a 4.0. However, I continued to persevere. Highlights include shoulder surgery three days before my sophomore year, two months later, an emergency appendectomy on November 22nd, my younger sister's 18th birthday, which she claims that I ruined, as if that was premeditated, and my most recent challenge was English linguistics. This past year, I had the opportunity to meet a deaf Amish grandma. When my mom and I arrived at her house, she immediately began signing to my mom. Since my mom didn't respond, she literally pushed her out of the way and signed to me. I responded, and Grandma and I proceeded to talk and talk. She told me about her recent travels and visiting orange people in Kentucky, which had me confused for quite a while until I realized her sign for Amish is our sign for orange. We laughed and chatted for over an hour. <laughs> Do you remember John Nelson's words to me when I was nine years old? God is going to send you some special ones in his eyes, and you'll have a great effect on their lives by serving their needs. This Amish grandma was definitely a special one. Hey, but aren't we all? I never chose my future career because of John's words to me. However, his words have spurred me on. When life-giving words are spoken to you, it tends to have that effect. I've had my doubts. It would have been easy to give up and quit. But here I am, plugging away in the middle of my junior year and making plans for my senior year. I have not given up on my goal, but added to it. Next year, I am planning to fulfill my senior internship requirements by serving at a deaf hospital in Chicago. I have a dream of continuing my education and seeking a degree in nursing. Let's face it, John's words to me could have been spoken to any of us here today. Allow me to borrow some of his words to help spur you on and serve Christ in your academic discipline. Goshen students and faculty, all you need to do is receive from God and give to others of what you have, and it will be enough. Thank you. I first started working with Habitat for Humanity in 1982. As a college student, I installed insulation in a crawl space 
When I first started working with Habitat, I never thought that I might use my academic discipline there. But I was eager to express my Christian faith in practical ways. And Millard Fuller inspired me that the Christian could really change people's lives and help build the kingdom of God by picking up a hammer. In fact, picking up a hammer places me in the footsteps of great Christians. Jesus was a carpenter. Jimmy Carter was a carpenter. <laughs> Millard Fuller was a carpenter. But one thing I learned as I volunteered with Habitat over a number of years was Um, I was an information professional rather than a carpenter. And the tools of my trade don't really look like this. They look far more like this. Well, actually, in the 80s when I joined Habitat, they didn't quite look like that. They look more like this. And this, and perhaps this. Um, well, I worked with Habitat. I found that there were actually many reasons why you should use your academic discipline in Christian service. But today, I'll just talk about three of these. To save ministries money to develop ourselves, and to further the God movement. First, I'll address that money issue. Oops. Oh, well. <laughs> when I joined Habitat, I found out that Millard's philosophy was that if you raised enough money to build one family a house, <laughs> then you should actually start five houses. And That would, of course, necessitate that you might run short of money before you could actually complete the houses because you had money for one house, not for five. Um, but Miller's philosophy was you should do as much as you could and um, the crisis, people would step up to it. Well, that meant we were chronically short of computer equipment. And so often, 
I would end up sleeping beside the computer because there were things that had to happen on the computer at 2 a.m. and at 4.30 in the morning, and we could not afford to waste those computer cycles. And my buying of a computer, like this one, or would have cost Habitat enough money that we wouldn't be able to build 40 homes in Guatemala. So my efforts to squeeze every minute possible out of a computer system was my way of serving God. But my sacrifice was not without benefits for myself. When I took on Habitat's information needs. I had taken a computer course or two, but I actually knew relatively little about computers at that stage in my life. Most of what I now know was learned because Habitat had so many needs. Goshen is now benefiting from my on-the-job experience with Habitat, as well as the many training courses that Habitat paid for so I could run their machines. And then I'd like to address building the kingdom. In building the kingdom, I think we should do what we can. I have a lot of respect for great preachers that bring people to the knowledge of God by using fine words. But I am a man who is slow of speech and thought and actually rather weak in the pulpit. Um, but I do love the Lord and I want to share the joy and peace that Jesus brings with others. So I take comfort in the words of Albert Schleiser who said, I want to be a doctor that I may be able to work without having to talk. <clears throat> Brother Lawrence observes, I walk before God simply, in faith, with humility and love, and I apply myself diligently to do nothing and think nothing which may displease God, and this without any other view than purely that of the love of God. And because God deserves infinitely more. So, if Brother Lawrence can find God and serve God while doing dishes, I can find God and serve God while working on computer code. And as I found out at Habitat for Humanity, God needed my skills on the computer a lot more than God needed me to swing a hammer. One quick thing as I leave. At the beginning of the presentation, I showed this Habitat logo. 
How many of you recognize this blue and green logo? Okay, practically everyone. How many of you recognize this logo? Okay, a fair number, but quite a bit fewer. Now, there's a reason that quite a few of you don't recognize the stick figures. And that is, we stopped using those when a Goshen College graduate, Cynthia Friesen Coyle, used her graphic art skills to design the new logo. This is now almost universally used in all US affiliates and around the world. So I would challenge all Goshen students to follow in Cynthia's footsteps and look for ways that you could use your academic training to help, help build God's world. A world where all God's children have a roof over their head, where all God's children have enough to eat, and can dwell together with their brothers and sisters in love and harmony. And holy is God's name. My name's Matt Lehman, and I have several confessions to make. Since transferring to Goshen a year and a half ago, I've been drunk on campus. I've sexually harassed people. I've committed adultery. I've even gone to hell. In case you haven't already figured it out, none of the above statements are true. And no, I do not currently hold the record for most write-ups within a two-year period. I'm a theater major. Each of the lifestyle violations I listed was part of a role I played. Since I started college, I've also been a con man, an immigration officer, a med student, a disciple, and a person with mental disabilities, to name a few. It's hard to say what all of these different roles have to do with serving Christ. Granted, there have been a few roles I've played, such as in Godspell or The Road, which clearly helped to portray some truth about the Christian lifestyle. Godspell openly quotes the Bible as its script, and the robe revolves around the crucifixion. I've also seen theater used in church services with great results. These examples, however, seem to be the rare exception. When it comes to a Christian message, some roles have been neutral and some have seemed absolutely contrary to living a life serving Christ. I'm taking Power of Story with Doug Caskey currently, and the title of the course is self-explanatory. As an element of the theatrical arts, we're studying the, the power that story has on our lives, whether it's our own story or the story of another person. I'm also a Bible and religion major, and I've given several sermons. 
The best of these have tried to reach people through stories. That said, though, I've discovered that no sermon has the ability to reach people in the way that theater does. Whereas a sermon tries to appeal to your analytical side, theater touches the emotions. A sermon will be presented in three bullet points or will be attached to scripture. Theater, fortunately, is not nearly so predictable. When people sit down to watch a good show, they become attached to the characters and they lose their sense of life off of the stage. The audience becomes engaged in the action on stage and empathy is created. In this way, theater enables new perspectives to be understood and allows the audience to engage new ideas. When I was portraying a drunk, I was helping people to experience the oppression of the Irish by the English in 1830. As a med student, I brought up the topic of isolation through technology. When I was in hell for committing adultery this past December, I encouraged conversation about the meaning of hell and our interactions with other people. For me, theater is more than just my major. For me, it's a way to serve Christ by opening people up to new ideas and by helping people to see the perspective of the other. In a world where our dialogue is so partisan and divisive, I believe that enabling people to see the value of other views is an incredible gift. I feel that this is one step towards fulfilling Jesus' call in Matthew 7:12. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. When we don't understand where someone is coming from, it's hard to love them as you would love yourself. Through my work in theater, I feel that I give my audience an avenue to love someone they didn't necessarily understand before coming in to see the show. Not every role I've played has been earth-moving or has been full of life-changing wisdom. Sometimes theater is purely entertainment. However, I don't regret a single one of the shows I've been involved in. I firmly believe that theater is a road to understanding another person, and I believe that love and understanding are an integral part of Christ's message. Theater is my bridge to Christ's message. Thank you.
Now may God bless you and keep you. May the face of love shine down on you and be gracious to you. May Yahweh's presence embrace you and give you peace. You're dismissed.